Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast. I'm Jennifer Jelliff Russell, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, bringing you actionable ideas and interviews with awesome women to help you pursue your dreams and achieve your goals. You can find more episodes of the Go Find Out Podcast by visiting gofindoutpodcast.com. Enjoy the show and go find out. Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast, episode number seven. Today, I'll be interviewing Allison Lane and learning about her Go Find Out experiences of starting a cafe and then the decision process of deciding to sell it and pivot to a new role. Whether you're in the process of starting a company or considering closing or selling a company, this is a really great interview. Not only has Allison gone through these experiences with her cafe, but she's also now a business advisor with the Maine Small Business Development Center. So she has a lot of helpful suggestions. So definitely stay tuned. All right, now on to my personal update. Hello, listeners. So in one of my last updates, I was all excited about getting organized and breaking down tasks so that I could, you know, really get as much done as possible. But of course, best laid plans, right? <laughs> I've gotten some things done, which is great. I've made some decisions on others. For example, I really was torn about doing my own ebook cover for Bite Me, the second book in the Artemis Necklace series. It's a vampire hunter book. And I, I finally decided after struggling and spending hours working on creating it, my own ebook cover, that I should just outsource it. Like, what am I doing? I really need to have it professionally made. So I will be doing that actually through Fiverr. So that will be an interesting experience. I've never used them before. But a lot of the other things that I had planned, you know, doing audiobooks, um, I have not gotten there yet. I have not worked that into my daily routine. Um, I'm still, I think, figuring out the daily routine of including podcast editing. And, you know, I'm still definitely learning and making sure that I can create the best podcast um, sound quality possible. In fact, today the quality probably sounds a little bit different than you'll hear in the upcoming interview, simply because I am in a different location. So one of the things that my, my husband and I are doing is we are renovating the house. And when I say we, I really mean mostly my husband. He is really taking on that task, which is awesome. I'm really glad that he, you know, enjoys doing that kind of thing. But today he is working with a friend on putting up drywall, which means a lot of noise, a lot of, you know, pounding, that kind of thing. So I had to kind of find a different place to record today so that I could get this out to you listeners. So again, sound quality might be a little bit different. I apologize for that. Hopefully it's not too bad. So one of the other things that I have run into that has kept me from being more organized than I could be is also my husband and I run a small farm and this will be our first year really trying to market some of our products. So like bagged lettuce, Hopefully tomatoes, we had a little bit of a setback on the tomatoes with some frost. Um, even though we covered the tomatoes up, it didn't matter. <laughs> they still got burned by the frost. So we're still, we're learning a lot there. So on top of, you know, podcasting and, and writing and trying to run, you know, an author business and renovating the house and farming, I'm also the town clerk, which means I also handle the local elections. So I've been handling a lot of absentee ballots and I, I just started the position last year. And so I've been learning a lot there as well. So not quite as organized this past week as I could have been. Did not get all of my tasks done. Actually, in the last month, I have not gotten all the tasks done that I had planned to get completed. But, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I know that those tasks are still there. I will get to them. But I just had to, you know, fit other things in first that were more of a priority, like, like voting. I think that's very important. So kind of, you know, shifting my priorities, making sure that I'm doing everything I should be doing. And I, I've really put the podcast first right now ahead of uh, writing mostly because 
I'm kind of in between books at the moment. I have a few things I need to clean up in Bite Me and then I should be able to release it once I get the ebook cover back from my Fiverr graphic designer. Yeah, so that's kind of where I've been. I just wanted to share that, you know, it might sound like I have my shit together, but that is not always the case. And I, I don't want anybody to ever feel like, oh man, I, you know, she has her shit together. I wish I did. And this is just me and my husband and our two dogs. I can imagine like adding kids to the mix. So kudos to you guys who are getting anything done if you have kids and a job and, you know, a side hustle. So awesome job if you guys are rocking it out. All right, let's get to the interview. So today I'm here with Allison Lane, and we're going to be talking about her go find out experience of starting a cafe and the process of eventually deciding to sell it. Welcome to the show, Allison. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Allison, could you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I grew up right in Brewer, Maine, um, went to high school at Brewer, didn't go far to go to college. I was, I had planned on going out of state and ended up just staying right in the area. Um, went to the University of Maine, got my, uh, both my bachelor's in business management and my master's in business administration at UMaine and Orono. And now I live in Eddington in the woods with my husband and my black lab and we are content. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. And so let's kind of talk about, you know, starting the cafe. Um, let's talk first about what, what actually drove you to want to start a cafe? Had you always wanted to start a coffee shop? Well, I always knew I wanted to start my own business, but I didn't really know what industry I wanted to be in. And so I was nearing the end of my college career and trying to decide, well, what do I want to do now? And I knew I wanted to stay in the area and started looking for work. And there just wasn't a lot out there that was interesting me. And I, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, so I kind of reverted back. I, after a few rejections from some jobs that I thought, oh, this, this might be a good fit. I had that epiphany moment and was thinking, you know, I've always wanted to start my own business. Why not just do it now? I, I kind of figured I would do it later in life after I'd had some more experience in the workforce and, and saved up some money. But I thought, why why not now? It's really not, the timing isn't what I expected, but it's not bad either. So I started thinking about, well, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? And it was kind of an unusual path in the sense that I decided I wanted to start a business before I decided what that business was. And I think in the end, that became one of the reasons I ended up selling. But I realized, I started thinking about what I was passionate about, what I liked, what was also a market that wasn't likely to evaporate as technology evolved. And it settled on on food and baking and coffee. And long story short, as I started to write a business plan and, and test out recipes and explore and really think about a concept to make me different, I ended up stumbling on the perfect space in downtown Brewer that was really in need of coffee, lunch, breakfast kind of spot. So I was really lucky in that sense. And so while you were kind of in the midst of the startup process, did you did you have any like major fears, um, you know, while going through that experience? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there was anything I wasn't afraid of. <laughs> um, it was. I definitely knew that what I was doing was risky, and it was my goal to approach it logically and not take a huge risk. You know, I didn't want to take out a huge loan. I didn't want to buy a building and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, you know, it just, I, I couldn't have anyway, I probably couldn't have got financing for a big, big project anyway. Hmm. So I tried to keep, you know, costs to a minimum, I did borrow money, but it wasn't huge, huge quantities. I kept it as safe as possible. I was always someone that wanted to, I, I'm always a planner. Mm -hmm. And I like to play it safe. And I don't like to dig myself in a hole. I've always been a saver when it comes to money. So 
starting a business wasn't really part of my repertoire. So I was able to kind of mesh my personality of, of not being a risk, risk taker with uh, my drive to be an entrepreneur and kept it kept me safe and, and sane in that sense. But I, I mean, I was very nervous. I, I was particularly nervous, of, of course, like any business owner about, about failing, you know, how long, if I open up, how many, what if a few months in all of a sudden I have to fail? And I was afraid, you know, that would be very embarrassing if, if I only survived a couple months or a year. And so I, I do remember at one point sort of jumping ahead, but after the one year mark, I remember being, feeling a sense of, you know, pride, obviously, and satisfaction and thinking I've survived a year and no matter what happens now, nobody can take that year away from me. Yeah. So the fear of, of, you know, you can't help but care what people think about you. And especially when you're doing something like this and in a community in which I plan to stay for the long term, mm-hmm. I realized I also wanted to, I, I didn't think I would own the business forever. I did plan to own it longer than I did, but I was pretty sure at some point I would move back into the workforce and meet a career in the same community. And so if I started a business and almost immediately failed, you know, that doesn't necessarily make me look great for future employers. So I spent a lot of time worrying about what people would think of me um, and also just worrying financially about what position I would be in if things didn't work out. So there was a lot of fears revolving around perception and and money. Gotcha. And did you have like a lot of support or were there any like negative Nancy's um, who, you know, when you told them, I'm, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to start this cafe who maybe weren't as supportive as they could have been? Yeah. And it's funny because thinking back and and thinking about the negative Nancy's, I'm not sure how much of it was actually people not supporting me or people, you know, mocking me and how much of that was actually just in my head because Mm. I definitely anticipated a lot of negative. I anticipated my my father's a, a real practical, logical businessman and he's done well for himself, but he's not like a, he's not a small business person. He's, he's a big business person working for large corporations and very practical, you know, follow your head, not your heart sort of thing. So I was really nervous to tell him and I really wanted to be able to show him a plan that, that explained how things were going to work. But when I talked to him about it, I didn't quite, I didn't get the naysay that I expected. And same with friends and family. I was, yeah, yeah, I was very lucky. I was very anxious and uncomfortable introducing the idea to people. Like it was, I mean, the sort of nerves you get when you walk into a job interview for the first time, when I would go to tell a friend what was going on or when, you know, I, people knew I was finishing up college and I'd see parents of kids I went to high school with in the community and they'd say, what are you doing next? And it was the most uncomfortable thing in the world for me to tell them I was starting a business. And in hindsight, especially with, with the work I do now with prospective small business owners, it's kind of funny because I look at those people and I'm, I'm impressed when people are starting businesses. And I'm sure there were people that were hopefully impressed with me, but I was so nervous because I thought they would think I was foolish. Um, I was young without much experience. And when I hadn't quite settled on a concept in a space yet, I was afraid they were going to say, oh, just another restaurant or, oh, just another coffee shop. So it got more comfortable the more I developed my plan. And then, of course, once I was opened up, it was really empowering for me to be able to say to people, look, I did it. You know, I told you I was going to do it six months ago or a year ago. And I think a lot of people didn't think I'd follow through. I mean, I didn't think I'd follow through when I started planning. I didn't think I'd follow through until about four months before I opened the shop and I got a loan and I signed on that loan and then it became very real for me. But throughout the whole process, I was thinking I was just going to, you know, eh, this is just a passion, but it's just fun to write a business plan and whatnot, but I probably won't go through with it. So I can't blame others for possibly thinking the same thing, but 
all in all, I mean, I had decent support. I had, you know, family and friends and whatnot. And of course, others, I spoke to other small business owners in the area and family and friends that had also owned businesses and did a lot of research. And I realized when, when you asked me earlier to tell, tell you about myself, I didn't mention my current work, which is, has become a, a very integral part to this whole story. And that now I work as a business advisor, um, advising prospective business owners and current business owners. And so I actually met with someone. It's I work for an organization called the Small Business Development Center. And I met with a business advisor who is the job that I have now, except I wasn't doing it back then. Um, and she she helped coach me through the process a little, helped me fine tune my business plan, helped me really take my dream from conceptual, you know, fresh out of business school business plan to actual, this is how you're going to do this. So I had professional support in that sense as well. And what would you say would, was your biggest challenge in opening the cafe? I think I was overly optimistic, as many business owners are, when I opened that if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. um, it took a lot more effort from a marketing standpoint. It took and not even marketing. I mean, I'd been to business school and I thought I knew how to market my business, but it took time. It really, for, for a new business to catch on. And it was really intimidating at first because a new business, especially something like a coffee shop opens up in town and everyone wants to check it out. You know, they hear about it, they read about it in the paper, they want to check it out. But then what happens when that initial rush slows down, when all of a sudden you aren't, nobody's incentivized to check out the new place because it's not new anymore. And then demand slows down a bit and all of a sudden it becomes harder to break even. And so it definitely, it took a solid two years for demand to be where I needed to be for me to feel like I was making enough money to take something home. So I don't think I was prepared for that length of time. I didn't take out enough of a working capital loan, um, a cushion of money in the beginning to really support loss for that much time. And I mean, we did all right. I cut as much costs as possible. I lowered payroll. I made, I made it work. Um, but it was, it made it way more stressful that way. Mm -hmm. And what I found was because in the beginning I started off almost too quickly, you know, I, I'd ramped up so fast. I hired a bunch of people. Um, demand was huge at first and then it trickled down a little. And so what happened was I cut back my staff a little, you know, people would leave and I just wouldn't replace them because I'd realized, well, I don't really need all that help. I can do this more on my own. And what happened was that at the end of, you know, after a couple of years, it was open for three years in total. And in that third year, it came down to just me and I had one other full-timer and one other part-timer. So I didn't have a lot of staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of running the shop. And I learned about myself more. I knew it before, but it solidified itself in my personality that I am a control freak. <laughs> and it was much easier for me to to run the shop, to greet every customer, to make all the food. At one point, I didn't even have a baker. So I was getting up at three in the morning to bake everything and then running the shop oh all day. And yeah. And so I, I burned myself out as, as you would expect would happen. And I just never, it wasn't even about money at that point. It wasn't about saving money. It was just the thought of, of hiring someone and having to relinquish that control that I had um, was intimidating. And it was less work for me to just do it myself. And in the end, that was not a sustainable business plan which was essentially what, what led me to decide to sell. So I guess in, in a nutshell, my biggest challenges were initially not realizing how long it would take to, to ramp up. And that's something that I'm constantly trying to remind my clients that are starting businesses now um, in that it's a, if it's a good concept, if it's a good, good food, if it's good everything, you know, if it's, there's a need in the market, that's all great. 
but it's still going to take time to catch on for people to know you're there, for people to keep coming, for you to solidify your internal operations. It's, it's going to take time. So I wasn't prepared for that. And then I wasn't prepared for the things that I learned about myself that actually made me less of a fit of, as an entrepreneur than I originally expected. Mm. And so you kind of touched on that a little bit in there, but were those kind of the reasons that you started to first really think about selling, like just being kind of burnt out and, and kind of trying to do everything? And, and like you said, kind of um, realizing some of your um, personality traits might not be great for that particular like restaurant ownership. Yes, ab- absolutely. And the bottom line of it all, all of that contributed to general unhappiness. Mm. And I, I had signed a three-year lease for the space that I was in. So I'd, I'd say it was even a year, maybe a year and a half in that I started to feel this unhappiness and started it started to click that I didn't want to do this for very long. And so my goal at that point became, you know what, we're going to make it to the end of the lease. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen at that point. I was worried, you know, a year in when we really, we weren't breaking even, it wasn't, you know, we were a brand new business. The thought of selling seemed impossible, Mm -hmm. but I was like, well, I'll continue to build as much as I can continue to fight, make some money so I can take some money home, solidify operations a bit get my client base up there and we'll see what happens at that three-year mark. Okay. Um, and it was so, it was sort of nerve wracking because there was essentially, I mean, it was a year and a half, two years there where I was not happy. And I didn't let any of my customers or employees know that I was thinking about selling or closing at that point. Obviously you can't tell them a year in, I'm thinking I might close in two years. Like they're not, that's not business for anyone. Right. So it got really nerve wracking towards the end um, I guess the final year, because I, I mean, I was just getting more and more burned out and more and more unhappy. And I became the front face uh, for the customers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was very, you know, genuinely friendly. I didn't have to fake it. You know, I enjoy people. And, and but I would go behind the counter, you know, I deal with customers and I'd smile and laugh and be happy. And it was great. And then I'd go behind the counter and realize how drained I felt and realize that I really am an introvert at heart. And that at the end of the day, I was just exhausted. So even though that customer service came natural to me, it yeah, it just sucked all my energy out of me. So yeah, the, the learning about myself, learning that I wasn't a great fit for what I was doing, even though it was, it was turning around, it was going well, I was to the point where I would have called, you know, call myself successful. Most days, I'd say, you know, five days out of six, I'd call myself successful. But it was just, you could tell I, I was not happy. And I'm a big believer in if you're not happy with your life situation, and I think it's kind of the concept behind your podcast is if, if you're not happy where you're at, mm-hmm. nobody says you have to keep doing it. It's, it's your life and you have to take control of your own attitude and happiness. Right. It was something I, I knew that wasn't going to last forever. And I just had to figure out how to exit gracefully. I feel like too, it's hard to justify like continuing to stay unhappy when you're the boss, like when you're the person who owns the company and runs the company. And it's kind of like, like crap, like, why am I sticking with this then? Like, you know, you have the power to close it. But then like you said, on the other hand, you, you don't want to appear as a failure by closing it too too early. Yeah. Okay. So you, you're like, okay, three years, I'm going to get to the end of the lease. I'm going to see what's what at that time. And if I still am not happy, then, you know, maybe I'll consider selling it. Yeah. And and my thought was, okay, well, I'd like to exit at that three-year point. I was hoping I would be able to sell the business as a business, Mm. as opposed to shut the doors and sell the assets. And so enter, enter the phase where I had to explore if my business had value. And it's funny, I actually, I I sort of did my own valuation, figured out how much, how much I thought I might be able to sell it for if I could find someone interested. And then went back for the first time in three years and met with my SBDC advisor. And 
it was funny because I totally should have met with her in between, which is why now I'm constantly reaching out to my clients and and bugging them and checking in. I should I should probably point out, listeners, that um, I, I've met with Allison <laughs> as a client, so I should probably point that out. You should you should definitely listen to her. <laughs> thank you, thank you. But yeah, I, I didn't realize the value in having a mentor that wasn't family or friends because when you're running a business, talking to your family and friends, it's great, and they're a wonderful support system. I mean, hopefully they are for you. Mine, mine was great, but they're not, you know, my husband only wanted to listen to me complain at the dinner table so many times and they don't have that same perspective. They don't, they have an emotional investment in your success. Mm -hmm. Whereas you talk to your business advisor or any, any professional support paid or unpaid or whatever kind of professional accountant, attorney, whatever, they don't have that same emotional investment in, in your life and your business. So they can be rational with you. And so when I w- decided to try to figure out a value for my business and really sell it, I went back and spoke to Ann McElhaney, my advisor. And she actually, we, we talked again and she kind of pointed out some additional values and we ended up raising the price. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was wonderful. And I wasn't looking to, I, I wanted to get out quickly. I wanted a quick sale. So I wasn't looking to make a million. Right. Um, but she pointed out, you know, oh, well, what about this? And look at what you've done and look at the potential this business has for future success. And you should at least start asking this amount and it's negotiable. So she kind of reminded me that, yeah, I know you're in a hurry, but just because you're in a hurry doesn't mean you can throw it at people and expect them to take it. I was at the point I would have almost paid someone to take it from me because I wanted the business to carry on so badly mm-hmm. and I knew it could do well, but I didn't want to have to do it. <laughs> so I'm grateful he was able to help me see the other side of that coin because I was thinking emotionally and that wasn't getting me what I needed. Mm-hmm. I wonder too, you know, I mean, like finding out this does have a higher value. You know, what I've created does have a much higher value than what I'm putting on it right now. I wonder if that made you feel maybe a little bit better too about about having started the business and, and run the business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I look back in hindsight and I just feel the joy that I feel from having being able to sell that business. Even if I'd sold the thing for a dollar, being able to sell it and have someone carry it on. Now, granted, the new owner did end up, they changed things. They kept the name the same, changed a lot about the concept and the menu. And that was all good. That was all fine. Mm. But just the fact that a piece of it was able to live on and that I was able to exit it gracefully, that that I didn't just have to shut the doors. It just felt so good. And in hindsight, I, I'd like to believe that had I not been able to sell it, because I do believe I got pretty lucky to find a buyer that was appropriate quickly. And I definitely feel lucky about it mm-hmm. as much as I'm, a, yeah, I believe you create your own luck and I, I do put hard work into it, but there was a certain element of luck in it. And so I always wonder if had I not been able to find that buyer, had I not been able to sell it, had I had to just close the doors, um, sell off the equipment and whatnot. I'd like to believe that I'd still be able to come to peace with the terms that I was successful, mm-hmm. but it makes it a lot easier in hindsight, knowing that I sold it and, and sold it for enough to pay off any debt. So I was able to come out free and clear. There's just an extreme level of pride in that. I feel, I mean, it was just, it came full, full circle to sell it and the joy. It's not like anything I've ever felt before. Wow. That's awesome. You know, I, I wonder too, you know, if, if you hadn't been able to sell it the way that you did, you know, I, I wonder, you know, looking at things now, if you were to encounter a client who came to you with that story, I wonder what you would tell them. A client who comes to you and is not able to sell their business for what they want to do or to, you know, be able to, to sell it and keep it going under somebody else's hands. Just kind of thinking like, what would you be telling one of your clients? 
should they come to you? Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting to have to to coach someone through the scenario that I did not quite experience mm-hmm. and try to coach them and, and convince them of something that I would have been trying to convince myself. And it's sort of interesting. I do have a client, I don't know, time with coronavirus, time has no meaning anymore. But it was maybe six months ago, I had a client call me for the first time. And I, I have to be careful with confidentiality and whatnot, course, not yeah. to reveal anything. But this client was essentially in the same exact situation that I was in about two years ago, where mm. they were just, they were doing well, but they were just so fed up with their business. They were burned out. They wanted to sell, but wasn't sure about the value. And so we just, the end of the phone call, I think we were both sort of in tears because I was just able to resonate with this person, let them know, you know, confirm that what they were feeling was normal because it was exactly how I had felt. And then we've, we've kept in touch since then. And I've helped this person They're They're right now in the process. Last time we spoke about a month ago, they, their employee was actually going to be interested in taking it over. So I'm really curious to hear how that story ends. Oh, good. Yeah. But it was just, it was amazing to get that phone call. And it's like, wow, you are me. Like that's where I was. And I might be anticipating your next question here, but it's funny uh, talking about, you know, perceiving my, my situation as success or failure. I think that what happened after the sale of my business, as far as the job that I have now, Mm -hmm. I'd like to believe that had it gone down the same way, you know, if I landed in the same spot that I'm in right now, regardless of whether I'd sold the business or closed it, I, I consider this a success because what happened, it's really funny story. It was about, I think it was like, I sold my business on a Friday. We closed on the sale. And so I took the weekend off or no, I sold, we closed on a Thursday. So I took Friday, Saturday, Sunday off to myself. And I mean, it was the first time I had three days off in I think three years. Nice. So took that time to myself. And then that following Monday, I instantly started my job search. And I think it was like two days after my job search started that I reached out to my SBDC advisor and said, Hey, just, you know, looking for help in a different capacity. And I want to work in the economic development, small business world. Just wanted you to, you know, here's my resume. Keep me in mind if you hear of anything. And she was like, well, actually the, my colleague in the office just gave her notice. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. And so fast forward two months after, you know, grueling in, interview process. And I had landed the job that was exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, I read the job description and I couldn't have written it better myself to explain what I wanted to do after selling my business. So to have landed where I am now, I can't imagine ever thinking that what I did was a failure because it got me to where I am and I love where I am. Yeah. Kind of pulling back a little bit, when when you were starting to think about selling the business and maybe if you told anybody um, while you were in that sort of thought process, did you get any pushback from like family or friends about considering selling? Um, No, no, um, not from family and friends. They were all very supportive because they had seen, they knew I wasn't happy. And so they were all very excited that I was, that I find, found a way to exit. And I don't want to even call it pushback, but it was extre- as challenging as it was in the beginning to tell family and friends that I was starting a business. It was equally challenging to tell my customers that I was exiting the business mm. because I had been the front, you know, I'd been the counter person for the most part and gotten to know them all very well. And I had amazing customers. And so to have to put that sign up and announce that I was selling and I, I had to time it just right. And I did reach out to them before I even had a buyer. And that was how I found my buyer. But then when the time came that I found the buyer and it was official, I put another sign up in the store and of course had to answer all the que- answer to my customers. And they didn't realize that I was unhappy because that wasn't a face that I could put on for them. Right. And yeah. You can't stand there in, in your coffee shop and complain right, to your customers. No. <laughs> so they had no idea 
And now here I am also. And I literally, the first day that I announced that I was selling and, and put a sign up in the store and put something on Facebook and started to talk to customers about it, I felt like I was just naked. I felt so exposed because here I was for years giving off the perception that I was very happy with what I was doing. And now I had to announce to these people, well, you know, this actually isn't a great fit for me and, and I'm out. And of course they were disappointed because they were, they, they enjoyed me and my business and, you know, the regular experiences of them coming in and knowing me, knowing what their coffee was and the chit chatting. And so I felt, I don't want to say it was guilt because I was just too ready to be out to feel guilty, but I definitely, I don't know, just so much. I appreciated their support so much and I wanted to be able to show that to them. That was the only pushback I got. And it wasn't pushback in a negative sense, but right. family and friends all had realized at that point how unhappy I was. And they were all very excited for me to move on to the next thing, even before we knew what that next thing was going to be. So my next question is kind of a two-parter. So for those listeners considering selling a business, just kidding, for those listeners out there thinking of starting a cafe or really any kind of you know restaurant type business, what advice would you give them? Oh boy. Um... A lot. (laughs) I'd say my number one, the number one mistake I made, aside from not quite knowing my personality type, which you can't really put your thumb on that. You learn that through your life. But when I started out, I planned a little too optimistically. So I didn't take out enough of a cushion of working capital to start the business and lose money for long enough. And that was sort of the domino that started the the toppling in that I had to cut back, not hire as much staff. And, and that was what made it easy for me to become a control freak and ultimately become unhappy and burned out. So I'd say plan appropriately and not to toot my horn, but just any resource provider. There is a lot of free resource help for small businesses, not necessarily free money, but a lot of free advice, you know, between the SBDC and SCORE and New Ventures Maine. And and there, there are all kinds of programs out there that are free advice, you know, and of course you can always reach out to other business owners, to family, to friends, accountants, attorneys, get help, get the resources and do the proper planning. You know, don't, don't rush into it. Don't, don't be afraid, you know, don't not do it just because you're afraid, but don't impulse open a business without properly planning and analyzing the numbers to make sure that you're putting yourself in a position to be successful. And, and luckily what happens a lot and what I see with my clients a lot is that they need funding to get started. So they need to go to a bank anyway. And the bank, you know, encourages them to write a business plan and do financial projections, which is where I work with them a lot. And so they force you to hold yourself accountable anyway, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean there aren't people that have a financial situation that allows them to get a loan pretty easily or a financial situation that means they don't need a loan. Or if they're buying a business and the seller is financing it for them and that seller doesn't need to see their business plan or, or whatever. So luckily there are some stopping points built in, but I'd say definitely do the planning, make sure the financial situation is not super risky and relatively comfortable. And don't let fear guide you. You know, don't let fear and emotion either stop you from doing what you're doing or convince you to move forward when you really shouldn't. You know, don't don't start a business out of stubbornness. Part of the reason I started the business, I think, was to prove that I could. And that's not really a great reason because it, it led me to make decisions based on emotion as opposed to logic. So think think with your head, but don't let the fear stop you from doing what you want to do either. Nice. No, I think that's really good advice. And then for those listeners who are considering, you know, selling their business similar to your situation. Maybe they're not happy in what they're doing anymore, or they just want to do something different and pivot. What advice would you give to those listeners? The first thing I would say is kudos on deciding to sell. Not not because of the why you're thinking, but 
A lot of business owners, I think, don't realize that there's any value in their business, so they close the doors. And it's frustrating for me to see a business close the doors that could have otherwise been taken over by someone else and continued on. Because, I mean, a small business is challenging to run. And obviously, what I learned and what many business owners learn is that if it's not a good fit, you know, it's not long lasting. But if you're considering closing the doors, the first thing I would say is definitely consider trying to sell. Don't think that there's no value in your business. And so then once once we've got them to the point where it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can sell it and someone can carry this on. It's challenging. Again, like I said, there's a little bit of luck. I'd say, you know, reach out competitors, customers, let the public know what you're doing. And of course, there's a there's a fine line there. If you decide to sell and you're not really sure, you do have to be cautious as far as employees go because if employees catch wind that you're selling, even if it's not set in stone, they you know you could have no employees to help you run your business and then then have to close anyway. So it's nerve wracking there. But I'd say the basic process of, of deciding to sell is is come up with a value, find the right buyer, and then negotiate and pass it on as gracefully as possible. It, it and it's easiest if if the buyer is someone that you know or have a relationship with. It just makes the communication channel, I think, far easier. Well, I think that's great advice as well. Where can people find you online? They can go to mainsbdc.org. That is where you can register for business advising, which is completely free and confidential. Um, so if you're running a business or thinking about starting a business, I'm happy to advise. So you can go on there and you can find me in the, I think it's called my team section. And that has my email and phone number and whatnot, direct contact information. Or you can click the button at the top that says request advising and you'll be put into the queue. You might land on one of my colleagues. There are 13 of us in the state of Maine. Or you can also find me on ceimaine.org. CEI is the host organization that holds the contract for my business advising services. And they, they do some amazing work there too. But yeah, no, so I am I am happy to help or also happy to answer questions too, even if you don't necessarily need my advice as a business advisor. I'm happy to talk sort of on the personal side of, of what it's like to open your own business when you're when you're young and inexperienced and nervous um, and then exit somewhat gracefully and, and find the job of your dream. So please don't hesitate to find me on ceimain.org or mainsbdc.org. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show today, Allison. No problem. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed my interview with Allison. I have previously started a business and then shifted it to be a nonprofit um, with a partner and then ended up closing, you know, obviously not only the initial business, but also the nonprofit. Um, And so, you know, I could look at that as a a failure, but I, I honestly don't think that it is. I learned so much from opening both the business and the nonprofit, um, not just like on the paperwork side, but honestly, I, I learned that I could do it. And that is what allowed me to several years later, open my, my current resume writing and coaching business and to you know start this podcast. It just really helped me gain the confidence that I needed to realize that I could do it on my own. And had I not started that first business with a partner, I don't know that I ever would have done it or tried to do it on my own. Um, So I think it's really important to recognize that closing or selling a business is not failing, right? And, And honestly, for a lot of startups, that's literally what their plan is. Their plan is to start a business and, you know, get it rolling and doing really well, and then they sell it to the highest bidder. So if you end up opening a business and then selling it because it's just not what you want to do anymore and you've decided to pivot to something else, I think it's really important to remember that it's absolutely okay. It is not a failure to sell it 
it's not a failure to close it without selling it, especially if you have determined that it's just not the thing that you wanted to do. You know, if you recognize that there's something else that you want to do, or maybe, you know, your personality is not a great match with that particular business. I always want to keep in mind that selling or closing a business is, is not a failure. I truly believe it's it's really, it's pivoting. Even if your business is is not doing well and it's going under, and if you close it, I still don't necessarily see that as a failure because you tried something new and now you've learned from that and you close the business and maybe you pivot and do something else that's more successful, right? But if you continue to cling to that business that's not doing well just because you feel like you have to and not because it's something you actually enjoy, then I feel like that's the part where you kind of start to fail yourself. If you're unhappy with what you're doing, then I definitely think that it's time to try something new. Um, You should really never, ever feel bad for letting go of a business or of a dream that isn't serving you anymore. If you always wanted to do something and you finally went and did it and then you're in the midst of it and you're like, wow, this is really terrible. This is not at all how I pictured it and it's not what I want to do, then it's okay to pivot and do something different. If you own a business, really make sure to connect with somebody who can help you to assess your business's worth if you're thinking about selling it or if you're thinking about closing it. Even if you think my business isn't worth anything and you're considering closing it, talk to somebody. Talk to, you know, somebody at the Small Business Administration. It's free to chat with them and they are nationwide. You can hop on their website, which I will drop a link to the show notes, and you can connect with a business advisor or a business counselor who can help you determine, you know, should you try to sell your business as opposed to closing it. I honestly never even thought or considered trying to sell my initial resume writing business just because it hadn't been open very long. And, you know, we'd only had a small amount of customers because we never did any marketing. Um, And so it never would have crossed my mind to try to sell it. And now I wish, you know, maybe I should have looked at that. Maybe we should have kept it going and then trying to sell it in the future. But now I wish that I had talked to somebody. So it can't hurt. It's free to go and talk to an advisor from the Small Business Administration. So why not go and do that? It's also a really great idea to chat with a small business advisor before you start a business. If you can chat with somebody before you start the process of starting a business or, or starting you know, a nonprofit or anything like that, I, I definitely recommend chatting with somebody to make sure that you're dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's. Um, you know, One of the things Allison mentioned was that she wished that she had actually taken out a larger loan initially so that she sort of had that cushion and wasn't stressed out all the time about money. If you're thinking about taking out a small business loan, chat with a small business advisor. There are other paid services out there too, but I like free. <laughs> so I would recommend starting with those free services you know, your your individual state might also have services offered for starting a small business. You know, they they might also have like grants or free money out there. It can't hurt to check. It doesn't cost you anything except for your time. And you know, what is one more week of or a week or two of waiting to start your small business just so you can make sure that you get the information that you need before you start it? So yeah, I feel like this was a big plug for the Small Business Administration. (laughs) I know that they have definitely helped me um, to really make decisions. As I mentioned in the interview with Allison, I've met with her and her position, you know, she falls under, um, she's a contractor with the Maine Small Business Development Center. My husband and I met with her when we were considering taking out a small business loan to, you know, renovate our barn for farm operations. And then I also met with her actually by phone previously before launching my career coaching website so I could get feedback on, 
you know, what it was like from a customer standpoint and what she would recommend to improve on the website to gain more clients and keep people on the site and kind of funnel them to like the services and products pages. So that external neutral input was very helpful for me because you can ask like friends and family to take a look at things like your website and all that, or even your business plan. And, you know, if they don't know that field, they're just going to be like, oh, it looks great, right? It's just really, just like selling an ebook. If I show it to my friends and family, they're unlikely to give me, you know, neutral feedback. It's going to be usually that that was really great. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, they don't want to hurt my feelings by telling me that something was wrong with it. So it's really good to get that outside input from a neutral party. All right. If you are thinking of selling your business, but you're wondering how you'll actually list your business as a position on your resume so that you can rejoin the workforce, check out the article that I've dropped a link to in the show notes. All right, that's it for today. Join me next time when I interview Air Force veteran Ilma Valley about her experience of getting into mountaineering. See you then. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you found the information beneficial and that it helps you tackle your own go find out goals. You can find more episodes and the show transcripts at gofindoutpodcast.com. You can also let me know what you thought of the show by tweeting me at GFO Podcast or follow me on Instagram at gofindoutpodcast. That's it for today. Now go find out.